Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin and friends. The good news gals are here. I'll introduce all of the good news gals in a moment. Also, Carrie Zorno. Uh, she is an author, and uh, she understands how Christ illuminates the darkness, specializing in grief stress and health and wellness. She is a board-certified Christian life coach, and she's here to talk about Tattooed by Grief, a faith-based approach to healthy helping youth impacted by loss. Again, it's Tattooed by Grief. So welcome, Carrie. Hello. Wonderful to be here. Now we've got the good news gals who may pipe in with some questions at first, and boy, we've got a full house today. We've got a, a Cindy, Michelle, Michelle, Beatrice, and Jennifer. We're all uh, Christian uh, businesswomen and authors and speakers, and uh, we hope we bring a little sunshine into your day. We wanted to start, as we normally do, with a good news story, and I thought it really uh, tied in with uh, Carrie's book, Tattooed by Grief. And I think that Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America 2004 speaker, <laughs> uh, who is uh, joining us, uh, recently uh, uh, in Florida where she uh, winter, she's a snowbird, but I grabbed her just for a week while she's back. Uh, and you were a music teacher, and I love how music can help heal the soul. Oh, I agree. It goes deep into the heart, the soul, and it. there are no words for music because it's, it's, it's such a feeling of one with Christ. And uh, Michelle, you have over the years, one of the things you feel is a blessing, which I think would be extremely d- difficult to do, you feel it's an honor to sing at funerals for Christ. It's my very favorite thing to do. It's the time when Jesus and I just simply sit and talk to each other. And I can't tell you how many times at a service that starts, the, um, the songs have not been given to me because I always pray about them. And usually when I work for a, uh, when I'm singing for a funeral home, it means they don't have a church, which means that that's, God has put me there. And what is it that he has me in mind to do? And I pray about what he wants sung and it just comes. And it is, um, it's a, it's the best blessing that I have. I can't wait when I get to home, go home to live with Jesus, to meet the people that I've encountered through all the funerals. I love it. All right, well, let's, uh, let's start then talking about uh, music and how it's bringing together a widow and a widower. And I think it's interesting because the woman didn't have much money as a kid, but her family would scrape together the, you know, the pennies, nickels, and dimes every week for her music lesson. Mm-hmm. Take a listen. My parents, they weren't well-to-do at all, but they did provide a piano lesson once a week. For 75 cents, they were able to do that. Piano lesson. Who knew where they would lead? Very tough. Charlene Mortensen. In the evening when you're alone. Last year, the day after Christmas. It was quite sudden. Charlene lost her Daryl at 81. There was mornings where she would be crying and not wanting to get out of bed. Jody Mayer remembers day one, last spring 
of assisted living, her mother entering, then clinging to the wall. She said, I don't want to go in, I don't want to go in, and it broke all of her hearts. 75 cents a week, Charlene's parents had paid for those piano lessons. Sometimes we can't imagine the treasures our investment will yield. They've really only known each other about seven months. Dwayne Anderson moved into Elder Homestead a few weeks after Charlene. It didn't take long for the former high school band director to find her. Dwayne, too, had lost his spouse and more. It was the Battle of the Bulge. When your hands have been shattered by a World War II mortar, it's hard to play alone. Harder still when you're 92 and you've lost most of your eyesight and hearing. She actually is my eyes and my ears because if I make a mistake and she catches it, she will tell me. Both have known loss. Then both landed in rooms within feet of each other. We play a little, hug a little, <laughs> that sort of thing. I'm part of her life, you know, that's important. It is human nature to project the way our lives will someday look. But the key to happiness is finding our way. How oh, soft. When life rearranges the picture. What do you think, ladies? They were God-placed. Mm -hmm. God-placed. Mm -hmm. God-incidents. What a beautiful, like, just mm -hmm. thing to do together, you know? I mean, I feel like it should be said more, like, they play music together and what a bond they have. But just <laughs> how cool that they can just sit at the piano and help each other out. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. right. That's so Beautiful. cute. I know, isn't it? <laughs> I it was. Like he likes to hug in between the songs. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so And what sweet. was that book put out several years ago called God Winks? God <laughs> Winks. That's yeah. definitely a God that's Wink. That's a God mm -hmm. Wink. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I love, I love that it. little phrase, right? Yeah, it is. We get those God Winks. They're mm -hmm. so cool. We don't know the things that God is getting ready to do in our lives or the things that he's going to allow us to, you know, to experience. And so it's good to be open for those moments because those moments just happen like that. Mm -hmm. How exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Mm -mm. All right, Carrie Zorno uh, joining us. I mentioned at the top of the show, her book is Tattooed by Grief, a faith-based approach to helping youth impacted by loss. So talk about, Carrie, uh, you know, why you wrote the book and what it's about. Well, because of my losses, and really they went back to uh, Thanksgiving of 2003, my two middle children, Josh and Beth, um, had been diagnosed with cystic fibrosis um, at birth, basically, shortly after. And Beth had spent some time in the hospital. And she said, I, I don't want to die suffocating in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 17, she realized that was what would happen if she lived a, quote, long, full life. And uh, she asked, you know, what can I do? And I said, well, if you could tell God how you wanted to die, what would you tell him? And so she said, oh, I want to die fast. And of course, her brother Josh chimes in, and I want to die doing something fun, and I don't want to die alone. Well, Abby and Chris, my oldest and my youngest, um, so I have girl boy, girl boy, um, just sat there and just listened. Well, four months later, I lost Josh and Beth in a motorcycle accident. 
And God answered their prayer. Mm. They died fast, doing something fun. And they didn't die alone. Mm. And so in through my grief over that, I could see God's faithfulness. It was brutal on us, but it was merciful on them. And um, it was about two and a half years later, I was feeling myself come out of the fog of grief, out of the darkness, and, and started realizing there was color still in the world. Um, my youngest son, Chris, was now 17, and uh, we had gone through all the counselors and everything. But he couldn't see a way out. Yeah. Being a teenager, things, what's happening now, they feel like that's how it's going to feel forever. Yeah, they don't realize it gets better after high school. Yeah, whether it's joy, oh, I'm going to feel this forever. Oh, it's sadness, I'm going to feel this forever. And it's just moment to moment. And they haven't lived long enough to know things go in waves. And this is just temporary. <laughs> and uh, he took his own life. And after that, of course, I went through another very deep, deep time of grief um, to the point of feeling like I really, I wanted to give up. Sure. But God wouldn't let me. And one day I found myself just curled up in bed realizing, oh, this is how people end up in the mental institutions. And, and God said, you have a choice to make. And I had not heard his voice for two and a half years. And I realize now, looking back, that it was because of this white noise mm -hmm. in my life of the grief, of the sorrow, of the pain, and the regrets that I wasn't hearing, though he was always there. And he said, you have a choice to make. You can curl up and you can stay in bed and you can give in. Mm -hmm. Or you can swing your feet off of that bed and put them on the floor and do something. So you can tell what I chose. And I looked around me and I realized that in that two and a half year period between Josh and Beth's death and Chris's death, and between Chris's death and when I came out of my fog, our little community had not just lost my kids because they were, Beth was 17, Josh was 20, and now Chris was 17. They had not just lost my kids, but they had lost five other friends mm -hmm. to suicide, drug overdose, and car accidents. Mm -hmm. And my heart just ached for them. After Josh and Beth, I had led a Bible study with Beth's friends because they had a lot of questions, and so did I. And their questions forced me to get into God's Word to find answers, and we met every week. Mm -hmm. We talked about those questions, and I gave them the answers from God's Word. Well, now I'm looking at it going, I need to give support to these teenagers mm -hmm. that are in my community that have suffered such loss. I started looking for curriculum. And in 2006, I found nothing. Wow. And I turned and once again to the Lord, Lord, show me where it is and I'll do it. I'm willing to do it. And he told me, write it. Mm -hmm. And so a week at a time, I'd say, okay, everybody, we're going to meet on Tuesday. And our church gave us permission for a space. And, we, and so that week before, I'd write that week's lesson. And then we'd meet. 
And then I'd write the next week's lesson, and we'd meet. And we met 10 times. And at the end of that, I had the parent of one of the girls say, you need to write this down. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, okay. So I wrote down the curriculum, and then I realized that was not really what God wanted. And I redid it as a handbook. And that wasn't really fully what God wanted. Mm -hmm. And now it's a resource book. And that's why I wrote Tattooed by Grief, primarily because our teens, they don't know how to grieve. That's right. That's true. Unfortunately, we have whitewashed it Mm -hmm. as we have lost family members. And grief is not just over the loss of family members. Mm -hmm. It can be over the loss of a job. That's right. A friendship. A a friendship. A home. Absolutely. And so there's many losses that they have, we all have, experienced. So in doing this, I gave people a resource that could help them understand what healthy grief looks like. Mm -hmm. Because the way our kids learn is by example. Amen. And this was written for youth pastors, for parents, and every adult that has gotten back with me after having read it said, oh, I read it because my teens need it. And this was a youth pastor, and he goes, I didn't realize how much I needed it. Right, and working with all those kids. If you're just joining us, Carrie Zorno is talking about her book, Tattooed by Grief and the Loss of Three of Her Four Children Over the Course of Just a Two-and-a-Half-Year Period, uh, a faith-based approach to helping youth impacted by loss. And I think this is really timely because we'd been talking this week about uh, the young man who took his life in Newport Beach and his uh, suicide notes had been put out and they basically thanked and loved his family, four kids in the family, and uh, how talked about how wonderful they were, but he said the pressures of being a teenager and the pressure that schools put on kids to succeed and to get into college and the right college and the right SAT score and the right grades uh, that he just couldn't handle the pressure anymore. And he kind of, his um, notes, his suicide notes were almost like spread around the country. They went, went viral and kind of a, um, don't pressure your kids so much or parents step back from, the, the kids aren't us. We keep thinking that mm-hmm. the, the children are a rep- representation of us. Yeah, yeah. And we've got to stop doing that. We've got to let these kids know that they have a life that they're going to have to live and we can't make them into many me's Mm -hmm. you know we've got to let them grow let them be who god has called and created them to be because that's the only place they're going to find their fulfillment carrie i I just want to say to you god bless Mm. you girl god bless you i'm going to be praying for you Mm -hmm. we're going to pray for you at the end of this show i'm I'm the prayer prayer (laughs) prayer warrior but um you know when it comes to grief and i I just lost um my high school basketball coach and that that thing tore me up it really they're very she was a mentor to her thing tore me up i i cried i cried like a like a freshman i really did but how do you tell these kids to just go ahead and grieve. Just go ahead and cry, baby. Go ahead and cry. How do you tell them that? Well, when they understand that feelings will only heal when they're expressed. If you take a feeling and you bury it alive, eventually it will come up. Yes. And it comes up ugly. Mm-hmm. 
in in anger and deeper pain than it was originally. And so encouraging them to express their grief. It can be in dance. It can be in art. It can be mm-hmm. in, in running. Um, it can be in writing. Yeah, it can... Uh, it can be in color, like it can be in a journal that you color beautiful mm-hmm. colors. Like grief mm-hmm. doesn't have to be just like sitting in a chair talking to a counselor. And grieving can be done, like you said. There's so many creative ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I loved your analogy to with the tattoo. Could you share that a little bit? I think that's really relevant. Yeah. Well, it really traces back. I was walking through my church, and just before service, and there was somebody with a tattoo. And I walked up, and I asked them, why do you have the tattoo? Tell me the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And found that behind every, nearly every tattoo, there was a story. Mm-hmm. 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 That's interesting. It's true. You're right. Absolutely. Wow. And mm-hmm. tat- grief is invisible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it leaves a mark on our heart. Amen. Amen. Tattooed by grief. That's good. That's, That's real beautiful. good right there. Excellent. How old is your uh, child? I, you still have a child oldest, at home? I do. Okay. I have a 36-year-old daughter. Okay. And she now has a daughter who turns two next week. Oh, oh your grandma. Oh. See, that's also God <laughs> said, you know, you have to stay. You know, that you, 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 there was a purpose for you not, not to give up. Yes. And now you get to be a grandma, too, and help all these other people who are grieving. And I think in our community, like, we don't know what to do. Michelle, we've been po- we posted the story about the boy's suicide. Yeah. It was said not just another suicide because mm-hmm. they become that, another suicide. Right. But when we got to read his notes, and I'm glad for a short time they were released Amen. because it was an eye-opener yes, for was. me. Yes, it mm-hmm. was. It was to, to know what the... The pressure, the teacher, you know, how they just put pressure on these kids and stuff. And I'm still a little bit kind of ticked off about that. I am. I'm like, you need to quit. You need to quit teaching. You I just, am in, really in defense of the teacher, though. Because I she mean, was a teacher. Yeah. Well, because the teachers are so under pressure that yeah. their Understood. scores have to be great. Understood. Because the money doesn't come in unless they are producing. And so... Oh. I'm not. I'm not saying she did the right thing at all. I'm she just he, saying he didn't, that he didn't those give them teachers the, the are really under pressure to do things that they normally wouldn't be doing. Yeah. I, get I think. That. I get that, and I, I think that children they can feel when you're being tough with love, though. Yeah, they oh, can right. tell the difference. Exactly. Right. And when you are hard on them, Absolutely. but you do it out of love, they can they can feel that sure. and appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think you're right. Love comes well, through. Okay. I, I got a chance to talk to Michelle's daughter, who is, uh, you know, a teenager and uh, and very very tall. She's very tall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, she said to me, she was looking forward to going on to high school because she said kids are just so immature. She goes, I get it. I'm tall. So And she said some really just interesting things to me that I thought were very mature. She said, you know, everywhere I go, people stare at me. So I try to not get attention on myself. And I always try to look nice. She puts herself together. Really, she's really beautiful. And does very tasteful, light makeup, and uh, nicely dressed. Because she said, everyone always stares at me. So I want to make sure that mm-hmm. I, I'm very presentable. And I think that, Michelle, the thing that your family is doing for her uh, is we surround these kids with love because they're not always going to get that love. Like the things my son tells me that his kids say to him at school, and it's usually superficial, stupid things, right? It but is. they're not, they're cruel. Yeah. And that, like when he got a little sore in his lip and they said he had told everybody he had herpes. Right. And I'm like, does that bother you? He goes, I don't care what they say. Good I mean, I just hope that we can toughen them up but then offer them the love at home. We have to provide an environment at home for them 
to be able to come home to where we're not picking on them too yes. or we're not pressuring them too we're not demanding too much of them we're not criticizing them their siblings aren't coming down on them we have to give that environment of love again the book is tattooed by grief a faith-based approach to helping youth impacted by loss carrie with a c zorno c-a-r-i-z-o-r-n-o carrie do you have a website yes i do it's carriezorno.com excellent all right thank you ladies we'll be right back thank you